station. Our radio station. The voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Indeed, a warm welcome once again to our Voice of the Cape annual pink hijab. They're happening at the Asnain Hall here at Victoria Masjid. A warm welcome. I know there's a bit of a noise because people are just loving the fact that Yusuf is handing out his book. But our special guest speaker with your Q&A on breast cancer awareness for this morning is Dr. Bassam Najjar, who is the son of Haja Yasmina and Sheikh Zafir Najjar, very well known, and is also a medical officer in oncology and he studies under Dr. Louis Kethan at Life Vincent Pilotti Hospital. Dr. Bassam graduated in 2010 at the University of Cape Town, uh, who then worked in the areas of general practice, neurology um, and emergency medicines in Cape Town and Dublin Island, and joined the oncology team at Dr. Louis Kethan Incorporated in January of 2020. Dr. Bassam, can we have you on stage as well, inshallah. Shukran so much for taking time out to chat to us and to be as our special guest. Um, to our audience, we love the excitement that you have, but we also have a special guest speaker. We'd love you to give him the respect and to lend an ear because this is what this event is all about ultimately. So we're going to um, also invite um, on stage, you may have a seat, uh, Dr. Najjar. We're going to invite on stage one of our ladies, that is Nadia Charles. She's an ex-banker, qualified mathematics teacher, certified life skill coach, Academy of Life Coaching, humanitarian, Muslim servant of Allah, inclusive goal-driven breast cancer survivor and aspiring marathon runner and active South African citizen. Nadia Charles, can we have you on stage as well, inshallah. So tell us this, this is where it all starts and our audience, this is what this event is all about. Speaking about our heroes in our community, our survivors, yes we know we have lots of victims, but it's, it's you know looking at the positive side of it, not COVID positive, but being positive in a different way and knowing that we can do um, you know things differently as well and motivate others um, even though we are struggling with our very own condition so we have a question for Dr. Bassam um, you may sit there shukran so if you envisage what is happening we're on stage we have our social distancing as well so you don't have to worry about that Dr. Bassam what is breast cancer and what would you like to highlight this October with regards to breast cancer Awareness Month. Uh, and good afternoon, uh, good morning, sorry, to one and all. Um, so I must commend the organizers of this event uh, in doing a great job of breast, breast uh, cancer awareness program. What we do want to highlight is that the fact that cancer or breast cancer if early de detected, can be cured. And so when we look upon cancer, we always look upon it with a sore eye. And so after today's program, we can hopefully look at cancer and breast cancer specifically with an educated eye and not a sore eye. Indeed. Um, we do have some notebooks, so Abida is giving it around to some of our audience as well. So if you wish to make notes, you're most welcome to do so. So what are the, the signs of breast cancer and why is early detection so important? As we just highlighted now, early detection allows us to diagnose breast cancer in an early stage and therefore cure the disease. Okay. Often cancer presents late and is an incurable disease. 
but early detection or screening results in early detection and then allows the disease to be cured. And that's the importance of days like this and awareness programs. The, your second question that you alluded to was... The signs. Some of the symptoms. signs and symptoms of breast cancer, just to mention a few, not saying not everybody would present with it, but some of the signs that you can look out for is basically just a breast lump. Um, and that lump could be non-tender, could be most likely in the upper outer quadrant of the breast. There could be a change in size of the breast, uh, in the affected breast or the diseased breast. Uh, also, the skin of the affected breast that has cancer in could also be affected. It could be affected in many ways. Some describe it like a, the skin of an orange or the skin around the nipple area, the areola, could be very dry, patchy, and scaly, almost like an eczema. Those are basic signs of uh, breast cancer. But also you could present with no signs or symptoms and just an incidental finding on a routine uh, mammogram or screening test. Dr. Manja, we're looking at genetics as well. How important is it when you know that in your family, moms, aunties, grandmoms, that they have had cancer? So it's important for you, even though you, you might not suspect that you have, but to do that, um, you know, um, ongoing um, self-examination as well as going through mammograms regularly after 40. Yes, that is important, especially with your first degree relative. So being a mother, a daughter, uh, yeah, so that often shows that there is a genetic component to it. And that's where self-examination is important. Uh, and that is important in where you regularly be aware of your, the signs and symptoms of your own breast so that you yourself can pick up when there is an abnormality and then consult the doctor for further investigation with the doctor if needed to be investigated further. Dr. Nanjia, we find there's a trend where many women, you know, they either get married late or they have, um, defer having children till a later age. So what happens if they're diagnosed with cancer? Can they still breastfeed if, um, you know, they still um, have the breast? They might have had just, um, you know, a, a, um, a piece taken away or is the ultimate to have the breast completely removed? Um, Mrs. Lato, that's a very difficult question to answer. Um, if you... When you're on chemotherapy, you, chemotherapy goes through the breast milk and is chemotaxic and can harm the baby. So it wouldn't be, it's contraindicated when you're on chemotherapy. Um, you asked the question about having children later on as well. Um, was that regards to fertility or issues or not? Or is it people that have babies and breastfeeding specifically. Now, what if they, um, you know, have, want to have babies later after having had breast cancer and having gone through all the therapies? So that's also quite a difficult uh, question to answer because that's to be case specific. Just to give uh, an example, if a patient has presented early, gone through all the chemotherapy and still falls within a childbearing age after she's received the chemo, radiation, and surgery, and she still has, falls within the childbearing age, she's still able to uh, conceive. There is other forms, and that's where the fertility specialists can assist with as well. 
Okay. We'll just ask, you know, what are the treatments available for women with breast cancer and any other, you know, cancer pertaining to females? Sorry, could you repeat that? Um, any, yeah, what ty types of treatments are there available for women with breast cancer and perhaps cancer of the, cancer of the uterus? So for breast cancer specifically, uh, the three main uh, treatment modalities we use is surgery, so removing the actual cancer, then it's either chemotherapy and then the radiation. Is surgery the first option or would that be the last option? Does it depend on the patient and how far gone the cancer is? You're right. It's all case dependent. Um, it's not necessarily the first option. Sometimes neoadjuvant or uh, chemotherapy is given first before surgery, but also you have to stage the disease uh, and then treat each case on its merit. Dr. Najah, we also have with us and to our listeners and our audience here, Nadia Charles is also a cancer survivor and she, as we know, is a breast cancer survivor. Nadia, Assalamualaikum and a warm welcome. Waalaikum You want to chat to our listeners about your journey when you, when you first found your lump or how you found your lump and when you, how long after that you've been diagnosed? Um, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. First of all, shukran so much to Rachel and the Voice of the Cape and Auntie Aisha um, for inviting me to this event. Um, it's quite a privilege and an honor to be here today. I have not been to any pinky job day before this year. I don't know what I've been doing for the last 12 years. I didn't know about it, but alhamdulillah. Die ach, hoe sê die achteroos kom ook in die kraal. Indeed. En ek is die achteroos. Auntie Aisha, you're asking me how I found out about the breast cancer. So in October 2017, I was taking a shower and I felt a lump in my left breast. It, it felt very small, but I was aware of it and I chose, emphasis, I chose to ignore it. I wasn't ready to deal with whatever this was that was in my left breast. Three months down the line, in January 2018, my husband and I were just, as they say, chilling and I felt it again. And this time it actually felt bigger. And I said to Ishmael, just put your hand over here and tell me what you feel. And he immediately said, Nadia, you need to have yourself checked out. I went to our GP on, on Fifth Avenue, Dr. Nizam Kader, and he examined me and, and asked me certain questions. I didn't have those um, signs like a discharge from the nipple, enlarged breast. There was absolutely no sign. There was no itching. All I had was the lump that I could feel that felt like a marble, a big marble. And that's, that's how I found out about it. And of course, one test um, followed another. And the diagnosis was that it was stage one breast cancer. Early detection saves lives. Indeed. So did you have to have surgery? Did you only go for treatment? Tell us about the treatment plan that you experienced. I would fail in my task to not mention the wonderful doctors that I've had. Dr. Aaron Looney is based at Kingsbury as well as Vincent Pilotti. He spoke to myself and my husband about the treatment. I had an option. I could either have a double mastectomy or at least a mastectomy of the left breast, completely take the left breast off, or I could opt for the lumpectomy. Um, there were options. If I took the lumpectomy, I would have to commit to radiation, which was a daily visit to the, um, to the hospital for, for radiation therapy for an, a total of about five to six weeks. If I took the mastectomy, I could skip radiation. So those were the options on the table. 
um, I had a lot to think about. I had a lot to think about, and initially I didn't even want to think about the doctors touching my right breast. I said to my mom, Mommy, why must they, why, how come they have to on my right breast if there is nothing And my mommy said, yes, Nadia, I agree with you, but you know, Auntie Aisha, the more I thought about life after surgery, I thought of my walks on Fisher Beach, I thought of my outings in my bathing costume, um, my halal bathing costume, by the way. <laughs> I... I realized that I, and literally on the last minute, a week before surgery, I chose to have a reduction of the left, of the right breast as well. And I chose the lumpectomy, I chose radiation. Kromboom, Rondebosch Common is a special place for me. I walked around that common every single day before or after my radiation therapy. There was a day I walked in the rain and I just glorified Allah and I plead to Allah to help me to get through this very dark stage that I was going through because it wasn't just cancer I was dealing with. There was loads of other things. So just the question to the doctor, we're looking at her options that she was, um, you know, asked, um, you know, to consider. And, uh, you know, looking at the therapies that she has taken, the lumpectomy, as she's mentioned earlier. So um, you're in the squat now. What made you choose going into the special field of oncology, if I may ask? So I was, I came back to South Africa at the beginning of the year and joined uh, Dr. Louis Kathan's uh, oncology practice initially just as a locum uh, and then I developed an interest in oncology and, um, and saw how vast and how little we know but also all the research going into treating this. You know, before we, we expected that anybody, we do, wouldn't want to say the C word. Um, but it's where I thought to myself that cancer was looked upon sorely, that it was incurable, but working in oncology and seeing research happening around the world, and I, I saw that cancer is something that if picked up early, as my sister said, it can be cured if detected quite early. And that, and how important is counseling prior to um, you know, deciding on any procedure being done? I think that's very important um, with any medical procedure. Uh, it's, the decision ultimately lies with the patient. Uh, the doctor gives the information and can give his advice, but ultimately the patient has to sign the consent and give consent to any treatment that's being done. Okay. Dr. Najah, you want to give any you know, final words, motivation to our listeners and also our guests here today? We know that we're celebrating, we're commemorating, and we're also sometimes a bit sad because of those we have lost you know, due to breast cancer as well. But what are your encouraging words, not just to women but to men as well, since um, what is the stats with regards to men developing breast cancer? Um, it's much lower, but it is prominent. Oh, it does occur in men. Um, in females, for, it's out of the five uh, most common cancers, breast cancer is number one. And out of seven, a group of seven females, for example, sitting around the table, one female would have breast cancer. They can uh, be lucky they six around the table here today, yeah. eh? <laughs> <laughs> then just final words, um, as we said, your, your motivation to our listeners and our guests. So just self-awareness, self-examination, being aware of what's your normal and then being able to pick up what's abnormal. And once you pick up what is abnormal, go and consult your doctor and take that further. And that's, if there's one message that you could take home from here today, 
is be self-aware of your breast, your normal, and be able to pick up the abnormal things. so much. Nadia, final words from your side, if we may ask, you know, you've mentioned about your highs and lows, now you walked around the common and even in the rain. Um, what was your support and, you know, what motivated you um, to be here also today and to speak about your journey? So first and foremost, I would like to say that I am, um, I'm a limited being, but I receive from an unlimited source in an unlimited way. And that's my source of strength, alhamdulillah. So support can come from various places and from various persons. I have a wonderful, alhamdulillah, a gift of a husband. I have my mother living with me. I have my sisters. I have good friends, alhamdulillah. And so your, your source of support could come from anywhere really, but the main source is Allah, alhamdulillah. And the names of Allah, the 99 names of Allah is very powerful. Um, and I would like to leave that with my sisters and I would like to also tell my brothers, be there for your wives, be there for your sisters. Support them, love them, give them words of encouragement, tell them that they're going to get through this. Cancer is not a death sentence. In my, in my life, personally, I now see cancer as a gift. It's really woken up so much inside of me that I have forgotten about, that I have buried deep inside of me. It's helped me to release my anger. It's helped me to release my sense of victimhood and self-pity. And alhamdulillah, um, I'm flying right now. Alhamdulillah. Did it give you a sense of, you know, um, slowing down a bit when you were diagnosed and also um, taking that care of yourself which you never really did because it was always about others and not yourself? Most definitely, most definitely, especially Nadia. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm learning to do the self-care thing much better lately. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Nadia and Dr. Basam Najjar, we say shukran so much for your insightfulness this morning, your Afwan. inspiration Afwan. as well. May Allah protect and guide and grant you all the success Amen. in your future endeavors as well. May Allah grant all of our, you know, brothers and sisters with cancer, all the um, necessary health and strength that they need, inshallah, and especially to the caregivers as well.